with us. We are live on the roar on a Monday, February 20th, 2023. Thanks so much for joining us here on Out of Bounds. William Quaggamush, Ben Milstead. We are live inside the Upcountry Fiber Studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. We have so, so much to get to today. A jam-packed uh, recap of the weekend that was and excited to do it with you. 654-ROAR is the number if you'd like to get in on the phones or on the Adams Co. Roofing text on today, 654-7627. Um, I also, uh, we, we've got a lot to discuss with basketball and with baseball and with softball. We've got John Rittman coming on at 1225 as per our usual arrangement to talk about their big weekend where, uh, I mean, they just flat out dominated uh, a College World Series team in Northwestern. And they did the same thing to Ohio State, who's a quality opponent. So we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk lots of softball in the next segment. Uh, love to talk the uh, diamond sports. I got a lot of thoughts uh, from three days at Doug Kingsmore Stadium this weekend. Ben, how are you today, sir? Ben, I'm good. Happy to be here. Nice, lovely weather in the Upstate this week. That makes me excited. And then being able to get as many sports and games in in tiger town really since thursday to now without rain issues phenomenal we'll take it enjoyed a lot of watched uh basketball of course and baseball and softball and we followed along with what lacrosse did just lots going on man even watched some PGA, which really put, which really gave me spring fever. I was going to say, I've got thoughts on golf today. I I watched the end of the uh, Daytona 500. Didn't get to see it all because I of uh, because of baseball, but yeah, I watched the end of the Daytona 500 yesterday. So I, I came home. Uh, I came home, watched the last twenty laps with my son. There's uh, there's two cautions within. You know, they they're within a couple of laps, and they're a big caution. Restart, have another big wreck, and I told him, "I was like, well, I got time to, I got a time to go take a shower before they start." Like, nah, Dad, it's just a caution. It's gonna start right back. I'm no, like, I got, I could take a shower, go wash the cars, mow the yard, come back and still not miss it. <laughs> but I did watch it all, and uh, that was maybe NASCAR's back too. I was, uh, I was with some. I was with some family yesterday, and because um, February is a big birthday month on my mom's side of the family. There's like five people have uh, February birthdays. And so uh, we were going to leave the house that we were at yesterday, and Leah was like, all right, I think it's time to go. And I was like, let's just wait till oh, – there's two laps left. Let's just wait till the end. And I think we left like 25 minutes later uh, after the two laps were finally completed. I did tweet yesterday um, – and I, I truly believe this with every fiber of my being that watching the last two laps of Daytona is like watching the last minute of a basketball game 62,000 times. Like everybody says, oh, the, uh, there's a minute left in a basketball game. So about 20 minutes, uh, about 20, it'll take about 20 minutes. I feel like the last two laps of Daytona was like that. But it was, uh, you know, lots of drama. Obviously, you're going to see a 20-car wreck when they restart every time they get to that. So mm-hmm. you have to... You have to then, like you say, you have to like creep around for five laps and then restart again. And um, it was, it was, um, 
It was at least entertaining, for sure. Uh, what was your favorite thing about this weekend? What was the best thing you saw this week? Of all that stuff, all the stuff going on, crossover season, lots of different, uh, lots of different irons in the fire. What's the best thing that you saw in sports? The best thing that I saw in sports, I I think, boy, it's hard to narrow it down to one thing. I personally enjoyed watching softball dismantle the two Big Ten teams. I mean, just dismantle them. I'd, that might be top for me. You know, I I think you're right. I think in terms of importance in the season, I think that was the most impactful. Uh, that was the most impactful development for for uh, Clemson this weekend because Northwestern shut that team out last year. They run ruled Northwestern in five innings and then beat them by a run, and then it kind of coasted to a. a win over Ohio State right after that kind of emotional game. And then uh, then they they run-ruled Ohio State yesterday. And they get right back at it, man. They've got uh, Georgia at home tomorrow afternoon, and then they're going down to Tampa to a very, very good tournament at USF with some some pretty doggone good teams at it. You know, the big-picture takeaway I had this weekend, and I started kind of running through in my brain, you know, doing some – doing some calculations. Uh, You know, there were about 7,000 people that attended baseball and softball on Friday and Saturday this weekend. And I think Sunday was close to 7,000 people when you consider the crowd of baseball and the crowd of softball. Softball crowd was breaking records, and it didn't really dissuade people from going to baseball. That's one of the things that I was a little bit concerned about, if we're being honest, going into the weekend, is that we know softball's a tough ticket. We know people want to get in there. You've got Eric Backage's debut on opening day, and what's the crowd going to look like? Well, they have 5,000 people there. And then they had 5,000 people there again on Saturday during softball, facing a you know top 15 team that beat them last year and was in the College World Series in Oklahoma City. That's a big deal. Uh, it was a big, massive weekend on campus, and the people that wanted to see baseball got to see baseball, and the people that got to want to see softball got to see softball. And a lot of people, uh, quite honestly, they got to see both. I saw quite a few people kind of, you could tell they were kind of going in and out, like back and forth between the two games. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, I got lots of thoughts about um, about baseball. The the I'm trying to I'm trying to be a little bit grounded here i'm trying to be a little bit realistic with expectations um i'm trying not to overreact i'm trying not to overcook the ham if you want to if you want to say that but that that felt really um that felt really special what we saw inside doug kingsmore stadium it does this past weekend it does it It felt it felt like a special thing was beginning and I'm not just talking about the scoreboard, and I'm not just talking about output, and I'm not talking about physical stuff, and I'm like, I'm just, I'm not. I'm just telling you, don't be surprised if there's some really, really, really good stuff down the pipe for this program in the very, very, very near future. Because what we saw this weekend, I'll say this probably 50 times today. The physical 
the way they played the game was very good. It was high level. It was low mistake. It was mentally tough. It was aggressive. It was throwing strikes, but not just for the point of throwing strikes, but you're trying to get people out. It was pitch calls. It was execution on the bases for the most part. It was two-strike approach and limiting swing and miss and, you know, uh, really like one error in the game, but no, like bad errors in the it was it was a twenty one to twelve strike uh, walk to strikeout ratio, which is ridiculous. It was no extra base hits allowed this weekend, but it went so much further than that. And I, I'm not going to spoil it in the first segment. I can't wait to get into some of this because it is it's the stuff that you can feel, and the stuff that you can hear more than maybe the stuff that you can see that tells you. This team is going to play well, and they are going to play a fun style, and people are going to enjoy watching them, but that ain't the secret sauce. The secret sauce is the other stuff, and it's got me absolutely giddy for the next 53 games of baseball. Like, I can't contain. I'm trying so hard to let my brain take over, but I can't contain the emotional response as a fan of baseball in a way that, uh, the way that I think the game should be played and the things that I think are important and the way that Clemson baseball has been, you know, the, the way that people became accustomed in the past to Clemson baseball being played and how similar that was and how similar that felt. I felt like I was 10 years old watching a regional. That's what I felt like this weekend. And I can't, I've tried very hard to not say that on the air today. <laughs> I tried very hard not to, not to paint that picture for people. That's how I, I felt like it was 2002. Not that they're number one, but that's how it play. That's how you play. That's that's what it looks like. That's what it's like to have the pedal on the floor from Friday at four to Sunday at three thirty. That's what it looks like. Over and over and over again, attack, 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 aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. We're going to take what we're given and we're going to take what we want. It was, it was like nostalgic. It, it really was nostalgic, not just because of who was in the dugout and all that. Oh, wait, love seeing Jack at the ballpark. It's not, just, it's not just about who was in the dugout, but it's about the way the game felt from a viewer's standpoint, from a fan standpoint. Ben, I think that didn't make any sense at all. Did I, like, are you, are you kind of tracking with me the, the emotional experience of being at Doug Kingsmore Stadium this weekend? Uh, <laughs> somewhat. I, you're happy that there is a new era with Clemson baseball. Not, no disrespect at all meant to anybody in the past, I'm sure. But it was a program that was looking for a renewed energy and enthusiasm. And I think so far this weekend, you got it. Also recognizing, and I hope you do, I know you do, that it was it was one series. I mean, and there's gonna be there's gonna be some certain challenges along the way this year. Oh yes. I agree with that. But the, but so far, so good. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, I mean the texture says holy overreaction from beating Binghamton. Let me let me just let me tell you something about Binghamton, okay? Binghamton's not gonna be an at large team in NCAA tournament, all right? Binghamton also returned seven starters, all three rotation pieces, and their closer 
from a team that went to the NCAA tournament. Won their league, went to the NCAA tournament. I mean, I, I understand that Clemson didn't just beat the eventual national champions this weekend. I don't care about that. That doesn't bother me at all. When you beat a team the way they beat Binghamton yesterday, I don't care how good they are. You know what? If you're a Gamecock fan, you're saying the same thing because UMass Lowell ain't going to the tournament. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that right now. I think they're in the same league, as a matter of fact. It doesn't matter. South Carolina played great this weekend. Not everybody's going to play a great opponent. Sometimes you play great teams and you don't win any games. Ask Texas. I bet Texas feels real lousy about the way they played. I think Texas probably going to be pretty good. But they played a, a tough opponent. It's the way if the, it's the way you play, it's the way you feel. And as you said, Ben, there is a there is a way of doing this that to me is right. It doesn't make all the other ways wrong. There's a way of playing. There's a way of approaching a game that's right. And I thought Clemson was right this weekend. I want to quickly squeeze Jamie in before we get to John Rittman uh, so he don't have to wait too long. 654 Roars. And what's up, Jamie? Good afternoon, Quilt. What a great day and weekend to be a Clemson Tiger baseball fan. I'll tell you this. I'll be very honest with you. I had not really followed much Michigan baseball, so I didn't know a whole lot about Coach Backage when he got here. But I'm going to tell you what, what a just breath of fresh air, the way the guys seem to play. And, again, I mean no disrespect to Coach Lee and his staff, but is it just me? The guys seem to play a lot looser. You know, stealing 12 bases in one game. I think they said you said you had 32 all of last year. And, by the way, I enjoyed the call on, on both Friday and Sunday. But the play that really stood out to me was in Saturday's game. And you talk about the freshman class. What about the play Joe Crichton made to prevent a runner from taking an extra base, which prevented a run when you win by one on Saturday? I mean, look, it, it was it was things like that all weekend. It was yeah, yeah. it was little plays that add up to a just a just a the way of playing is right. As I said, is right. It's the right way to play, yeah, yeah. and I appreciated that Clemson that Clemson was able to do that this weekend. Yeah, absolutely, and I will tell you what, you talk about well, they only played Binghamton. So what? What? Let me ask you, what would have probably four more wins meant to Monty Lee last year? he probably would have saved his job because he probably would have got into a regional. So all of them are big is my point. In college baseball, every one of them are big. No, I agree with you, Jamie. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks very much. It, listen, it's – I'm going to go more into it. It was, a, it was a fun experience. It was a fun experience. And I am going to overreact today. I am going to do that. I mean, why not? <laughs> we overreact about the negatives. We overreact. About, I mean, that's what. Heck yeah, man. Let's overreact. Yes. Let's do it. 654 Roars, the number. When we come back, John Rittman, we're going to talk Clemson softball. They had a huge week. And speaking of overreaction, they're still unbeaten. And they're rising up closer to the top five, perhaps. Stay with us. We continue on hour one next. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. What's under your home can get into your home. 
A sealed crawl space keeps out moisture, mold, and pests. Canty Foundation Specialist is your local trusted expert in crawl space sealing. Call us today for your free estimate. Canty can fix it. Call the local experts for a free estimate. Call Canty Foundation Specialist at 864-403-5263 and ask about transferable warranties and available financing. That's 864-403-5263 or online at cantycanfixit.com. Mattress shopping? Look no further than Engineered Sleep. Visit their showroom in Greenville and try the ES Duo. This two-piece hybrid mattress is their most popular seller. If it's in stock, pick it up the same day or schedule a delivery. Setup is free. Plus, they take away your old mattress. Manufactured mattresses in Greenville for 90 years. Call 866-244-0898 or go to engineeredsleep.com. Save up to $600 and get two free pillows with code WCCP. Better sleep. Rest assured. I'm Eddie Bennett. Bennett Equipment has helped build the upstate for the last 23 years by renting and selling construction equipment. And when it comes to compact equipment, the best in the industry is Takeuchi. The lineup of track skid steer loaders, excavators, wheel loaders, and hundreds of attachments make the choice easy. So come and see why so many choose to buy it or rent it from Bennett and experience the Takeuchi difference in the upstate, western North Carolina, and North Georgia. If you are looking for first-class service, consider First Class Halt. Here at First Class Halt, our technicians are not paid by commission. All this does is promote unnecessary repairs and dollars being spent by you. We pride ourselves on being honest. We will never sell you a service that doesn't need to be done, and no surprises. All prices must be approved by you before work is done. Come see what First Class Service really means. First Class Halt, located in Anderson and Greenville. Gary Mahaffey here with Insurance for Seniors and Disabled. First, let me thank all the WCCP listeners for making annual enrollment very special for me and my coworkers this year. Are you turning 65 in 2023? If so, you may be pondering your Medicare options. Many people feel like this is not important if they are working on and remaining on their company plan. Even if this is the ultimate outcome, I recommend that you look at all options for meeting your health care needs. If I can assist you in this somewhat confusing process, please call me at 864-307-8484 today. And please remember, my services always come free to you and that I will shepherd you through Medicare in the unlikely event that I do not represent a company or specific plan that you are interested in. So again, please call today at 864-307-8484. Don't miss out on this week's specials at Buff City Soap. With products for everyone, corporate gifts, pet products, laundry soap, seasonal scents, and more. Follow Buff City Soap Clemson and Buff City Soap Greenville on Facebook and Instagram for the latest sales and updates. Could you use monthly payments to help meet basic needs? Like putting food on the table, paying the rent, or buying new shoes for growing feet? Find out about Supplemental Security Income. You may qualify if your income and financial resources are low and you are 65 or older, or an adult or child with a disability or who is blind. Call 1-800-772-1213 or go to ssa.gov SSI. Produced by Social Security at U.S. taxpayer expense. Powered by Upcountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. From the Liberty Bridge in Falls Park, 
to the top row in Memorial Stadium. We are your home for sports across the upstate. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar. Continues out of bounds. William Quaggamus, Ben Milstead, live inside the Upcountry Fiber Studios here on a Monday. Well, it was a great day uh, for the Diamond Sports at Clemson this weekend. Uh, we talked in the first segment about uh, baseball and we talked about softball. And joining us now to recap a phenomenal week for his softball program is John Rittman, head coach of the Tigers, as his team remains unbeaten. After uh, getting a couple of wins against very good Big Ten competition this weekend, he joins us right now. Coach, good afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing well, Clark. Good afternoon. Just uh, another day off and uh, after a busy weekend and a successful weekend and kind of getting ready for the Georgia Bulldogs tomorrow at 4 at McWhorter. It's a big game, certainly, uh, and I want to start by going backwards before we go forwards because... You guys, uh, you know, it was it was easy to uh, to forget about this with the weekend that you had, but you had, you had a strong performance at Furman uh, this week, and I felt like the way that you won, kind of just methodically putting them away, it kind of set the tone for what you guys were able to do this weekend. What are your what are your thoughts on that as sort of the tone setter for what ended up being a really really good week for you guys? Yeah, it was definitely a great week for us, and um, started off at Furman, and and like you said. Uh, Anytime you play on the road, you know, you, you never know what you're you're going to get. And our first time playing at Furman, of course, uh, Coach Jameson and Coach Grealt, uh had coached there previously, so it was kind of a homecoming for them. But um, wonderful crowd up there at, at uh, Pepsi Stadium and uh, a lot of Clemson fans and, and really uh, played well, you know. Um, pitched well, hit well, played good defense and, and kind of set the tone for this weekend and of course, the ACC Big Ten Challenge is uh, something that we take a lot of pride in and had two great teams here in Northwestern and Ohio State and Northwestern coming off their World Series year last year and, and being ranked and, and then Ohio State's always in the top three or four teams of that conference. So it was a great weekend. We had wonderful crowd support. Our fans are just so awesome. We're so blessed to play in front of such intelligent fans, but uh, just so supportive and and uh, just a great atmosphere for our players and and uh, you know and and we had a lot of success. You know, we hit well again. You know, I think on the week, I think we had twelve home runs, and so we're certainly hitting the ball with some power right now. And and uh, but we also worked extremely hard um, on our situational hitting. So we're we're manufacturing runs when we need to, just not relying on the long ball. And then we just played spectacular defense all week long. You know, we um, moved Maddie Moore from third base to second base, and and got uh, graduate transfer Reedy Davenport, who's who's holding down the hot corner over there at third. And, and Leah Logaleo just continues to grow as our shortstop. And uh, they all made spectacular plays this weekend. And then our outfield defense, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say we probably have one of the best defensive outfield outfields in the country. You know, Mackenzie Clark holding us down in center. And then the two grad transfers, Allie McClush and 
Caroline Jacobson and left and right. Um, just all three made spectacular plays this weekend. And, and as a pitcher, it's nice to know that, you know, you can give up a few hard hit balls and, and the defense has your back. So overall, you know, we put all aspects of the game together. We had some good base running and really aggressive on the base running uh, part of our game this week and, and just look to continue to improve going into a busy weekend. All right, I, I want to start. You mentioned the crowd. You guys kept setting uh, attendance records this weekend, and you got up over 2,100 a couple of times uh, on Saturday and had over 1,700, I think, in all four games, if I remember right. That had to be nice. You guys added some uh, added some spots for people uh, this weekend, and the atmosphere just looked absolutely electric across the street from us. Oh, yeah, it was uh... – just a, a really, like you said, electric atmosphere. And, and I think we set the uh, record for attendance for the ACC Big Ten Challenge, you know. So that uh, that really shows well for our conference and, and especially Clemson and our fan base that we have here. And uh, as you said, you know, we extended the berm. We have a additional berm in right center field, and, and that was pretty packed all weekend. And and uh, so we're we're continually looking to uh, expand the stadium. I know our administration's looking at that, but uh, this berm was a big addition. And and the biggest goal of ours is not to turn anybody away this year. And and um, you know that's that's something I think we accomplished this weekend. Visiting with John Ripman, head softball coach at Clemson, here on the program. I, I want to make sure people understand the gravity of what you did on Friday because last year about this time. Uh, you all faced a very good pitcher, left-handed arm, Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, and you know what? Seven innings, Danielle Williams, uh, she had a great performance down there in Clearwater. A year later, she gets two outs and gets taken out of the game in the first inning because you guys just pounded her into oblivion. That I, I'm, I just want to make sure people understand that happened. I know you were proud of the way that your team won, but in particular – Given who did it, what happened last year, that had to be sweet for a lot of the players who remember how that felt. No question, you know, and, and our team takes challenges pretty well, and I know that they wanted to do well after facing her last year and, and uh, you know, her pretty much dominating our offense last year. So this year we, uh, we set the tone early, and, and really our lineup, there is no weaknesses in our lineup top to bottom, and, you know, Mackenzie Clark is just such a dynamic leadoff hitter for us. And then probably our most improved offensive player is Maddie Moore hitting in the two hole. And she's hitting with power. She's got speed. And then, and then you got to face Cagle and Jacobson. And, and those two are two of the best hitters in the country, in my opinion. And, you know, and, and certainly, um, and then it, it doesn't get any easier with Logaleo, Vieira, and, and the bottom part of our lineup. And we have some speed mixed in there. And, and uh, the ability, like I said earlier, to manufacture some runs. And, and uh, we just came out exploding in, in uh, two of the four games that we played this weekend, certainly that Friday afternoon game. And then yesterday morning was just another fantastic start and uh, set the tone. Well, and Reagan Spencer was phenomenal for you. I want to ask you this. You've talked about having a pitching staff this year. And uh, Valerie also, uh, when we sat down with her, she said the same thing. What's the biggest change in Reagan that gives you confidence that she's going to not just go in and get a few outs, but she's going to go five for you in a game like yesterday and keep the opponent off the board? Well, I think the biggest thing with Reagan is she has improved every year. And last year, you know, coming off of a, 
you know, the end of the season where she was banged up and injured, she, uh, she really worked extremely hard in the off season and this fall and, and trying to get herself back into, uh, you know, a hundred percent healthy mode. And, and she's done that, you know, she's a very capable pitcher. Um, she's added a nice off speed pitch. that's really been consistent for, um, this year. And, and she's just improved. She's got that mindset where, you know, she's a third year player for us and, um, She's uh, no moments new, too big for her now, and and she's definitely done that. I think Coach Jameson's done a great job with our staff, and and like you said, Quack, we have uh, we have four go-to pitchers that we feel comfortable at at any time going to in, in any game, and that's a nice luxury to have. All right, your week starts with a, a home matchup with Georgia, four o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. Give us a little rundown of the Bulldogs. What can people expect when they go out to McWhorter this week? Well, Georgia is a, uh, you know, they're a, they're a top team in the country. They have a very explosive offense. Um, they have a, a transfer pitcher from Duke um, that, that should solidify their pitching staff. And, um, you know, really a, a, a tough test for us Um you know, early in the season, um, they play an extremely tough schedule to prepare them for the SEC, kind of like we do for our conf- non-conference schedule. And so this is a great matchup. I think the fans that come out are going to see two top teams in the country go at it and, and um, really looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it should be a fantastic environment. It should be a fantastic opportunity to see both of these, uh, both of these teams play. The, look, the poll, I don't think the poll has come out yet. Do you guys talk about – you guys are as high as six right now. I know a lot of fans are clamoring for top five after the weekend. Is that a, a topic of conversation? I know you guys have long-term goals that you set, but is that is that a benchmark that you guys uh, that you guys address as a team? You know, Quack, honestly, we do not address it as a team. And, and I think one of the biggest things that, that uh, you know, we – as a, as a more mature program, so to speak, in year four, you know, we've been ranked and, and certainly it's a great honor to be recognized by the different polls in our softball world. But, um, you know, there's only one goal for us and that's, uh, you know, to win every game and make it to the college world series. And so we, we kind of shut out all the noise and, and all the, uh, you know, articles and, and things like that. And, and, really try to take it one game at a time. And I know that's a cliche, but, uh, you know, that's our mindset right now is, is really focusing on that next opponent and um, getting ready to play that next game. I know that you're locked in on Georgia, but I want to ask you about going down to Tampa because uh, this is this is a pretty prestigious uh, tournament you guys are in with USF. I know Michigan State is down there. Tennessee is down there. You're facing USF in game one. What are some of the challenges that you, you feel like can better prepare your team? You talked about the strength of your schedule, but uh, facing the level of competition you're going to see down at Tampa. Well, I think when you set your schedule, certainly, you know, for us, it's all about, you know, RPI and, and positioning ourselves to host a regional. And, and uh, you know, when you, when you try to schedule tournaments, you look at the, the opposing teams and, you know, USF is a, a postseason team last year. They made it to the regional final game, and and certainly Tennessee is always in a in a regional, super regional, or World Series, and and they're really hot right now. I think they've only got one loss on the year, and they return everybody with their All American pitcher healthy this year. So uh, Michigan State has a new coaching staff. Um, they're playing really well right now, and 
And then we play a, a team in University of Illinois, Chicago, who has a, a strong history in softball. And so it's, it's going to be a great tournament for us. Um, a lot of challenges, obviously, starting with USF on the, on the road uh, Thursday night. I'm sure they're going to have a great crowd, which, you know, we talk about our crowd, but really softball in general, the crowds are up all over the country. It's just a fun, fast-paced, amazing sport to watch. And, and like McWhorter, you're right on top of the action. So um, I'm sure it'll be a, a pretty rowdy environment at USF on Thursday night and looking forward to that challenge as well. And I'm sure a lot of Clemson fans will be making their way down there, too. A lot of Clemson fans in that Tampa area will certainly go out and see softball play. Coach, thank you. Always appreciate the time to visit with you on Mondays. I know it's a, a really busy week for you guys with a slew of games uh, on tap. But, boy, congratulations with a great start, and hopefully it continues. Yeah, Clark, and just a reminder, our game against USF in Tennessee will be on ESPN+, and then we are taking radio this week, so you can listen to us on the radio. And as always, I appreciate you having us on, and go Tigers. All right, thanks very much. John Rittman joining the program there. Fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. So on the radio side of what he just said, um, those are all going to be streamed live uh, at ClemsonTigers.com. But stay tuned. There may or may not be an opportunity to hear a couple of those games, at least here on uh, The Roar. So oh, well, I like a good tease Maybe we'll know that. more about that by the end of the show. That's fantastic. All right. Stay with us. We got a lot more to discuss. A lot of things that uh, went down this weekend. Certainly, Clemson basketball, baseball, more softball if you want. Uh, I, I am curious to see if Clemson gets into the top five in softball. They're sitting at six right now with Oklahoma, UCLA, Florida, Arkansas, and Oklahoma State above them. Stay with us. Much more to come out of bounds. Hour one continues next. My Garage by Essex is proud to service the Clemson area with excellent service on all makes and models. They are professionals that perform high-quality workmanship with high-quality parts. With life being uncertain, you know you can be certain of My Garage by Essex, taking care of you and your family. Stop in to see them at 551 Old Greenville Highway, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. till 5 p.m., or call 864-633-5800. Every single day in Sports Talk Radio, we talk about the little things. We say, well, that team did the little things well, and that's why they won. Or that team didn't do the little things well, and that's why they lost. Well, your health and wellness is no different. You don't get healthy in a moment with one big choice. You get healthy or unhealthy by making a string of good or bad decisions in little moments along the way. That's the biggest change I've had since I started with PhD weight loss last year. It's not one big thing. It's equipping you to make a bunch of good individual decisions that add up to make a big difference on the scale and a big difference with your overall health. I lost 24 pounds in five weeks. I've kept that weight off and I feel great. That's the beauty of taking care of the little things. That's the difference with PhD weight loss and Dr. Ashley Lucas and her great team that's changing lives all over the country. For more information, go to their website. That's myphdweightloss.com. Standing water or that musty smell in your basement can be a sign of major problems. Canty Foundation Specialists are your local experts in basement waterproofing and crawl space repair. Call us today for a free estimate. Call the local experts for a free estimate. Call Canty Foundation Specialist at 864-403-5263 and ask about transferable warranties and available financing. 
That's 864-403-5263 or online at cantycanfixit.com. The world is turned upside down and it's hard to make sense of it all. The alpha male is under attack and people are more worried about pronouns and toxic masculinity. If you want to get that alpha feeling back, get that weight off and improve your performance, come see us today at Low Country Mail. We specialize in testosterone replacement and anti-aging. For around 200 bucks a month, we take care of your testosterone, labs, and doctor visits. We also offer ED plans, the P-Shot, and peptide therapy. Book your appointment today, lowcountrymail.com. Electric City Signs and Neon. Over 50 years of sign design, fabrication, installation, and maintenance in the upstate. Specializing in neon, plastic, flex face, channel letter, and LED message signs. Electric City Signs is ready to serve you with the highest level of satisfaction. Have questions? No problem. Their experienced team will see your project through inception to installation. Professional sign services at the best price. It's got to be Electric City Signs and Neon. Visit ElectricCitySigns.com or call 225-5351 today. Go Tigers! This is Marcus agreeing to a fun winter game night, the kind with fun rules. Okay, so the first player asks the second player to pick the third player's weapon. Fun discussions. And other fun reasons not involving staying in and sleeping on the bed he got at Mattress Firm's President's Day sale. There, he found great deals, like a king for the price of a queen and up to $700 in savings on Sealy. So shop Mattress Firm's President's Day sale, like Marcus, and miss out on winter plans, not sleep. Restrictions apply. See store mattressfirm.com for details. Friends, the winter closeout sale at Elkmont is going on now. This is a sale you do not want to miss. 40 to 60% off on most fall clothing from Patagonia, Z Supply, Columbia, Free Fly, and more. All Hey Dudes are 50% off. Buy one bog bag, get a small bog bag free. New spring and game day items are arriving daily. Elmont offers great footwear, jewelry, game day, and lifestyle clothing, and of course, outdoor gear and clothing from the most popular brands. Elmont is your one-stop shopping destination for that someone special, offering something for everyone, from candles to kayaks, from sunglasses to charcuterie boards, or the largest upstate selection on own running shoes. Elmont has what you're looking for. Locally owned and conveniently located in Powdersville on 153, just minutes from Greenville, and in Clemson at 93 exit off of 123. Go visit Elkmont today, and as always, go Tigers! This is The Roar, the home for everyone good enough to make varsity. 105.5 and 97.5 FM, where every day is game day. Continues out of bounds. <laughs> William Clarkmas Pitt Milstead. I'm crying a little bit. There's nothing I like better than a funny, a funny name. <laughs> oh my gosh. Clark oh, and I were geez. exchanging funny names during the break. Oh man. Yep. You won, sir. You won. Uh Clemson is, uh, by the way, number five in the newest D1 softball poll. We're still waiting on the ESPN. Who else is in this poll? ESPN and oh, ESPN.com slash USA softball poll, uh, which is the other one that's on the NCA website. Uh, coaches poll. I don't know about coaches poll, if the coaches poll came out yet or not. Um, no, it has not come out yet. It had Clemson seventh last week. Point being, 
Clemson will, at least by one major service, D1 softball, be a top five team taking the field against uh, against Georgia this week and against USF and against Tennessee and against Michigan State. And that should be should be a really good battle, mm-hmm. um, a, a really good tournament. Tennessee is ranked eighth at the moment in, I think I'm right. So they're ranked 11th in D1 softball. 11th right in D1 softball. UCLA one, Oklahoma two, Oklahoma State three, Florida Clemson, Alabama, Florida State. That's right. Georgia, by the way, uh, 14 in that poll. And Northwestern dropped to 22 with four losses. So that tells you that there's still a significant respect level for the team that Clemson run-ruled on Friday with an All-American in the circle. Pretty remarkable stuff. Yeah, as Texture points out, (laughs) it's almost breaking news. Oklahoma did lose a game over the weekend, which is uh, like, what? Yeah, that they, never happened. They haven't lost. I think they lost two regular season games last year. I think I'm right in saying that. Uh, and I believe yeah, one of them was to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State, right? Yeah. That uh, that obviously Clemson had to face in the super regional. Ben, let's talk about where you were this weekend. Uh, you were in Louisville, and you had to watch that. Mm, right. Um. Let's let's talk about it. Uh, six five four roars the number. You want to get in on the phones, or you want to get in on the Adams Co Roofing text line. I I had several interesting conversations. We can get to the game itself. I had several interesting conversations after the game with a bunch of people, and I would say the responses ran the gamut from "It's over" to "I hate the net" to "I can't explain it." What's going on? To why is everyone bad on our schedule so that this loss is so damaging? I mean, like, it was a wide – there was – my point in saying that is I, I talked to a wide range of people, and there was not a consistent response. But everybody knows that that loss was pretty devastating to one degree or another uh, this weekend for, for Clemson at Louisville. What are your thoughts? You, you summed it up right there. A devastating loss. I – that's the kind of loss, uh, another quad four loss now. That's kind of that's kind of loss that's hard to recover from this late in the season. I mean, it just is. And unless something miraculous happens in one of your two road games left or both, that's that's a tough one to recover from. And you know, I. I uh, for the first Monday in uh, maybe all season, I didn't feel the need to go even look at the net rankings today. I, d- I just didn't. I don't. I don't know. As you sit here today, like you're not in that conversation. You're just not. Well, and I. This is why I think it's good to have standards because now you can measure things by the standard that you already set mm-hmm. rather than moving the goalposts. Uh, I. I feel like I've been pretty consistent in saying if you're not inside the top 75 in the net, in other words, if a team cannot go into your building and get a quad one win, then I don't think you, I don't think you're, you're in the conversation as a bubble team. They might consider you, but ultimately that is sort of a disqualifying number 99 times out of a hundred. Yeah. And that's why I say today, maybe I'll feel differently later in the week, but I, I don't, uh, I'm not even worried about bubbles and things like that today. I felt like I'm going to stick to what I said last week. I felt like you had to win the next three games in a row, that being Florida State, Louisville, and Syracuse. And you haven't done that. So 
you know, I don't, I don't know what that means going forward. I, uh, you know, Quack, after the North Carolina game, we said, and, and I think a lot of people agreed, I mean, the stats backed it up, that North Carolina played the best they'd played all year. Like, man, you caught, you caught a team on a bad day. You kind of look at the way Louisville played, you could make some of those same arguments. But here's the thing. Clemson has been the common uh, the common thread between those two. And when it like if it happens once and somebody has a hot day, you kind of tip your hat and say, "Yeah, you know." But now this is this is twice in as many weeks and Clemson is the common thread between two teams having their best game. So I don't think at this point it's the fact that they had their best game. You've got to figure out what it is that allowed that to happen. And I I, I kind of look back at, like, the North Carolina game a little differently now because now it's happened twice in a row. And, uh, I mean, you – some of the some of the Clemson stats prior to the little run down, you know, the, the run at the end of the game where you hit a couple of threes. Uh, before that, I mean, you were you were ter- you were abysmal. You could not, you couldn't hit the broads out of a barn from three point line, and you kept taking them. And you made a little run when you stopped taking threes and realized it wasn't your day behind the arc and drove the lane and got the ball to PJ Moore and. You know, you actually made a little run there at the end. Mixed up your defense, confused Louisville, but it it was too little, too late. And and I mean, and and just quite honestly, you shouldn't have been in that situation. You, I mean, you were you were you were vastly superior. To, you were a better basketball team. They still have very good athletes. I give them credit for that, but but you're a better basketball team. And you've got to you've got to win those games, and didn't do it. A couple things here. The first thing we talked about on Friday. So, I mean, somebody's going to say this is revisionist. You can go back and listen on Friday. We said this. This was a dangerous game for Clemson for two main reasons, or at least two that I really nailed in on. The first one is you've got a team who's honoring a national champion. That is not a good recipe. That's like being the homecoming opponent. That is not a good recipe for doing that. And that's not the reason that you lost. But you just know when it's National Championship Awareness Day and there's thousands (laughs) of people that are going to be there that have not darkened the doors of the arena all year, there's going to be some weird juju in the building. Yeah, you know, I had the same thought. And look, and I'm I'm not going to give Louisville, I'm not going to give them the satisfaction of credit or or offer that as an excuse for Clemson. There were I mean there were 15,000 plus people in the building. I mean and I don't I don't care if there were 10 or 10,000 or whatever number. You still should have won the game. <laughs> but yeah. I did, I walked in and I was like, "Okay, let me get this straight. There's going to be close to 16,000 people here and you're bringing back a national championship game." Exactly what you said. It's like the homecoming game. It's like, of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. Can we let Rick Fatino come down from the rafters on a, you know, rappel down? I mean, what? Wh- sure. Like this was going to be tough without all that. I, You know what? I thought it was funny that they didn't actually, the banner they unfurled was number one coaches poll. Well, so the NCAA wouldn't allow it. Yes. They ran, they ran several different 
variations of what they wanted to honor by the NCAA, and they turned everything down, and then they, they said, well, what about being the AP number one in the nation at the end of the season? And they were like, well, that doesn't have anything to do with us, so okay. So that's what they did. That's right. <laughs> okay. And you know, so but that's... you know what? In a way... In a way, it would have made it that much sweeter, and and, and that almost makes it more bitter for me. Yeah, like yeah. like just to shut all that garbage down. Uh, you know, I, to me, I viewed it more as a positive. Like, hey, we can you can beat them and ruin their parade, and and didn't. You know, the other thing that we said on Friday was this was a Louisville team that was playing better. And again, it none of these teams won the game, or excuse me, none of these teams lost the game. But recently at home, Louisville played within three of Virginia, and we talked about on Friday. Virginia made every single play down the stretch of that game just to win. Louisville made plays to stay with Virginia, where a lesser team, a team that had quit on the season or whatever, we all thought Louisville would end up doing would have folded and lost by 15 because I thought Virginia the last 10 minutes was really good down the stretch of that game and they did not pull away from Louisville. They lost on the road at Miami scoring 85 points. They lost to Florida State at home by three. They had they had beaten Georgia Tech. They were playing better in the month of February. And so you just knew that from a net ranking standpoint for what it, like you were not going to get even if you win the game you're not going to get the credit unless you blow them out and it was a team that's becoming increasingly more difficult to blow out. Even for teams that have beaten Clemson, you, you know, a team like Miami, you, in your building, you beat them by eight. That's not really jumping off the page at anybody. Now, I say all that to set this up. You're exactly right, Ben. When teams are going off on a fairly consistent, <clears throat> excuse me, a fairly consistent basis now against you, then you are the common thread. Uh, I was talking to some people on Saturday after the game, and some people were asking me again yesterday. And one thing I said was, like, take Rutgers, for example, okay? Rutgers is a very, very good defensive team. When you go play a game against Rutgers at this point in the year, you assume it's going to be really, really hard to get your shots off. It's going to be really, really difficult to reverse the ball. It's going to be really, really difficult to drive in and make a shot over the top of Amori. Okay. And mm -hmm. if you hadn't watched Rutgers, I don't blame you because it's kind of ugly, but they are very, very good defensively at what they do. They are, they may be the best team defensive team that I've seen this year. They are very, very good. When you walk into that gym, you might get an open shot or two that you miss because you assume that somebody's coming. And you know in your head because your coaches have told you, you if you get an open shot, you got to take it because the help is coming. The rotations are coming, and you see it on film, and that's what – and so they can – I, I say this. Great defensive teams can leave you open to miss because they now have a reputation. They now have put some stuff on film that gives you an idea that it is going to be tough sledding today against this team. For whatever reason – Clemson has teams walking in the gym right now thinking, I'm getting mine today. Mm -hmm. I'm getting my shots. I'm taking them to the rack. I'm getting my threes. I'm getting my mid-range. I'm going to go to the line. There's something about Clemson right now defensively 
Guys are not walking in the gym, tiptoeing in, going, well, maybe I get a couple shots, and then building confidence as they go. L. Ellis was on it from the jump. Caleb Love was on it from the jump. Miami's guards on it from the jump. Clemson's not scaring people when they walk in the gym right now. They're just not, and the proof is in the pudding. Florida State walked into the gym without their leading score. But if you look at Clemson's five league losses, in four of those games, they've given up 78 or more points. And you look at who did the damage, guards. In all of those games, it was guards. And because the guards did damage, guess what? Now you've got to adjust your whole defense, and then some of the wings and some of the posts get going. That's what happened with Wake and Tyree Appleby. That's what happened with Miami and their backcourt with Pack and Wong and those guys. That's what happened with Love and Davis. And that's what happened on Saturday with Ellis. Hey, you're you're exactly right. I mean, and Ellis was hot. I mean, he that kid looked me dead in my eyes at one point. I like after hitting a three. That's just terrible, demoralizing. <laughs> Nothing I could do about it. Like, hey, I'm just sitting over with headphones on. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> you see, and that, I thought Clemson defended well early in the game. I did in too. In fact, that during like the the first TV timeout, like they're they're on it today defensively. And then I don't know what happened. I didn't I didn't necessarily see him let up in that way. But then when a guy gets hot and you mix up, I mean, Clemson threw three or four different defenses at at Louisville to try to stop him. And none of it didn't work until you until the end. I don't I don't know what you do. I mean, I, I really I don't know what you do. When you have it felt like you had better basketball players, better coached, uh, better everything, and and yet you lose the game. I don't know where I don't know what you do from with that. It that's where the frustration comes because a lot of that stuff doesn't make any sense given the opponent and given the stage and given the stakes, and given what Louisville was able to do, um, which we can talk about. We'll talk about this a little bit more on the other side. There were some things that happened in the game that didn't help Clemson, but there were things that Clemson should have overcome. 654 roars a number if you want to join us on the phone. You want to join us on the Adams Co Roofing text line. Our two is next. WCCPFM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the roar. Skeptic about septic? Call the experts, the plumbing experts. Did you know your septic tank?